What's going on, Badger Nation? Welcome to the PPC Den Podcast, your home of the world's first and longest running podcast on Amazon advertising. Your place to make Amazon advertising a little bit easier, a little bit more profitable. Um, so let's have some fun today. Uh, I have my very good friend, Brent from AMZ Pathfinder. Uh, Brent's been on the show many a time. And this episode, we did something really fun. We did some reflection uh, about what are our personal New Year's resolutions to become better Amazon PPCers in 2023. Um, so I'm constantly evaluating my own skills, my own knowledge gaps. What can I do better, more efficiently? And that's what we do here on the show. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, you can get all of our episodes at adbadger.com slash podcasts, and you can get some nice bonuses in the description of this video. Have a good one, and I'll see you in this episode. I've launched campaigns and picked keywords. I've got my bits, set placements too. Now bad mistakes. Brent, it's that time of year, flipping over the calendar page from 2022 to 2023. Does 2019 feel like last week for you? Uh, it kind of does in some ways. And then I look back on the arc of my life and I'm like, my God, that was a tremendously long time ago. <laughs> I think about all time. the afternoons we spent inside uh, lockdown, <laughs> but we're past that now. No, Zen, Zen, moment of Zen. We're moving moment onward. Moment <laughs> of Zen, Zen, new year, new you. Exactly. Um, you know what we decided to do with today's episode? You know, I hate the word guru. I do not consider myself a guru. Uh, in fact, I uh, I don't even like the, the phrase Amazon advertising expert. Because, you know, it just makes it seem like there's nothing that I learn, I continue to learn, and it makes it seem like there's there's no more growth for me. You need to be the perpetual student. You know what I mean? Right. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, one of my favorite, favorite sayings that I always say, and I actually read this to new employees on like their first day uh, so they can cringe a little bit, but it's a story of like this, uh, this guy who wanted to learn how to be like a samurai and he's like, I'm the best samurai in town. He's winning all these tournaments uh, and he's like, I'm the absolute very best and he goes to some old master and he's like, teach me how to be even better. The guy's so cocky and the Zen master is like pouring him a cup of tea and he keeps on pouring and pouring and he overflows the cup. And the young guy is like, what are you doing, old man? You're crazy. And the old Zen master is like, you're like the tea in this cup. You're overflowing where nothing else can go in. You need to empty your cup. 
and have an open mind so that you can learn new things. I, I try to live that. I try to live that life. So if you're, you think people are still listening? <laughs> yeah, because they, they've embraced the concept of Zen mind, beginner's mind as well. They get it. They get the idea. Um, yes, no, absolutely. Is this I, what Bezos meant by day one? It's always day one, baby. Yeah, that's it. Yes. So I, th- so I think like I really try to maintain this empty cup. So we're going to actually read some of, and you too, you know, we've been friends for a very long time. And I think one of the things that we connect on is like being perpetual learners. Yeah. So you got to be that perpetual yeah. student. So yeah, we're going to talk about our own Amazon marketing resolutions, things that we want to do better when it comes to Amazon advertising. And hopefully it inspires you to do some reflection as well. Maybe you have similar resolutions. And I think all of these things are things that we kind of do a little bit already, but I, I, I wouldn't give myself an A plus in some of these areas. And I, and I want to improve on these areas going into 2023. Exactly. Yeah. Let me speak to that for a second. It's like um, many of you listening to this who are business owners probably understand this too, but in, in business, there's always like several fires that are burning in the house at, at one time. And some of the fires have the capacity to burn the entire house down. And some of yeah. the other fires are just little fires that are in a corner and they're just whatever. You can ignore them for a while. Some of the things on this list for me are like small fires. And I'm like, I keep meaning to put that out, but it's not going to burn the house down. I'll just leave it there for now. And I usually, it means I don't have enough time or mental energy to devote to that particular thing and like sink myself into it properly. And so that's usually why those little fires are still uh, extant, you know, burning around the house. <laughs> yes. Uh, so with that, let's transition into my New Year's resolutions for Amazon PPC. Already, my first one is something that I do, I want to say periodically, but I don't do it enough. And it's, I always find massive value in it when I do it. So I, I almost want this to be a monthly cadence for me for any account I'm involved in. I'd love this task. So I've talked about this task before, which is time versus time comparison, where basically you look at your campaign performance mm-hmm. in November on a per campaign basis. And then you look at your campaign performance in October on a per campaign basis. Uh, and then you just see where the percent movements were. So like you could see what campaigns gained the most clicks or lost the most clicks, what campaigns gained the most orders or lost the most orders. What was the A cost for these campaigns in November? What was it in October? Track the movement, which ones had an increase in A cost or decrease in A cost. And you can do that for some of those core KPIs. And I always learn so much every single time I do it. I, I almost only do it as like, is there a problem? Like, is the A cost increasing too much? Like, like, let's pinpoint that. So I use it sort of as a more like emergency tool, like in the case of a fire break glass type thing. Mm. But I feel like it's valuable all the time. Um, so even when like the A cost is good and you do it, you make your account even better. So I, I want to reframe how I think about this task and actually turn it into part of sort of my monthly reporting almost as a way to like analyze movers and shakers uh, more regularly. So, so what, I, what I hear you saying, Mike, is like, it's a triage task that you do in, you know, in case of emergency, but when you do it, you're like, man, I should do that more often because it would be useful in non-urgent cases as well. Uh, and would be a nice thing to roll out and, and enjoy the benefits of in, in a normal weekly, monthly cadence, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And, you know, doing the same thing on like all 
keywords or all targets basis too. Cause it's like, Hey, what were the biggest movers and shakers for keywords? Like what was mm -hmm. the keyword doing in November versus what the keyword was doing in October? Uh, and I think like I always learned so much as a triage tool cause it helps you pinpoint like what was done or where we lose ground or like, what could we do more of? And I feel like I want to reframe how I think of those questions. And instead of having it be a triage tool, have it be a tool that I just do monthly. Like a right, routine. that's in the toolbox that you reach for on a regular basis instead of <laughs> breaking the glass in case of fire or whatever. Uh, another question for you, when you think about this time over time comparison, you know, I'm imagining like a, a, a graph or a chart and it has the two overlaid, right? And you can see the, the trend lines for this one, the trend lines for that one in different colors. Is there at any point, uh, you know, a system you're using to put down notes? So it's like, oh, on the 12th November, I know that this... Um, product went out of stock and that's therefore why these things dropped or we had a sale on the 18th November or there was a coupon that we started to add, uh, you know, the client put on there and that, that boosted the conversion rate, which you can see here. And then that continued into the next month. Is there, how, how about that? Like putting some kind of notation system or way to, way to quantify some of these like pivotal moments that might've had a clear impact that if you have next to you, you can say, oh, well, this lines up, this lines up exactly like I thought it would. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I think one task that is not on my resolution, because I do feel like uh, I, I, I value this every day, which is just note taking. Uh, so I'm a prodigious note taker uh, in ClickUp. Uh, I also keep like a Google Doc that gets embedded in ClickUp. ClickUp has that like uh, embed Google Doc into a board feature. So I'm a, I'm a prodigious note taker. So I'm always I'm always writing like an executive summary of like what I what I'm like my three bullet points about an account. I'm always writing down like uh, product movement things and like going out of stock type type things because you yeah. always forget, right? I, I actually, like I wouldn't say you always forget, but it's just like why store that in your brain? We can just write it down, um, right? And the act so of writing might actually help you retain it better, anyway. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think there's something to be said for that. Yeah, you're one of those really organized people. <laughs> I would let software do that for me if possible. Yeah, um, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that people on the Pathfinder team probably have a system for it, if not using it in the software that we use. But uh, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't say that I'm as diligent with the note taking. You know, the, the main way I do that is just I click export when I'm looking in Campaign Manager for all campaigns. Uh, so that's my first one. My okay. second one is, you know, it's day parting. I still believe for most people... I'm talking like 90% of campaigns. Day parting is kind of like a secondary or tertiary type task. And I feel like I want to reframe that. And I think the way that I'm going to reframe it is really just through aggregating data more. So here's why I think it's like a tertiary task. Because for most, for most people, like think about a keyword that gets one order per day. So it gets 30 orders in a month. That's actually like a big keyword. Like most keywords get less than 30 orders a month. Like if you think of like an account with 10,000 keywords, how many are actually getting more than an order a day or 30 orders a month? Hmm. It's not that many. So then when you think of that, it's like you get one random order at one random period of the day. Like sometimes it's at 7 a.m. Sometimes it's at 10. Sometimes it's at 12. Sometimes it's like, you know, you have 24 hours in a day, 30 orders in a month. It's going to be really difficult to get any statistical significance from that. And I feel like I want to challenge myself in 2023 to see if there's a way to circumvent that, uh, to see if there's a way to maybe aggregate data in mass so that keyword hourly data 
can be leveraged in some way. So maybe it's like aggregating data uh, for certain campaigns, like that kind of thing. So I want to do some more brainstorming there about how to really make use of of that because I, I you know, my current belief is that it's not that useful for like ninety percent of keywords. What can we do about it? Like, how do we get you know something out of it? Maybe we can take those ninety percent of keywords and make them all five, ten percent better. Like when you do that in mass, like that could be pretty impactful. So that's something that's on my mind for twenty twenty three. Yeah, that's on my list as well. If I could, I don't know, maybe skip ahead a little bit because it's it's a really related topic. It's pretty much the same thing. Um, the way I see day parting is similar because. With a tool we use, a software we use, we have the ability to look at a 14-day time window. And so what that means is if you have any given Tuesday, there's um, you know data that occurs on that day, but you only have two Tuesdays within the 14-day time frame. So even if you have 30 days, let's say you know optimistically you have four Tuesdays, if you have yeah. uh, you know double that, you have eight. And that's, that's actually not that much. And then if you no. break it down, like you said, not even at the keyword level, let's stay at the ASIN level. Um, how much spend does a product have uh, on a particular day and then times eight or times 12? And that's the data that you're going with if you're going to make changes to um, your bidding setup. Let's just stick with bidding setup for now because we're looking at like conversion rate on time of day. Like let's stick to that as our use case because there's actually not that much data. Like maybe it has, uh, you know, a couple thousand dollars <laughs> across all of that. And is that enough to really make confident decisions? Um I don't know. I'm not really, I'm not super convinced, but do I think there's a, there's an opportunity to use that correctly if I have 90 days data? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I'm more convinced in that scenario, in which case I would be more comfortable saying Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific time, which is of course nine o'clock East Coast time, which is when a lot of activity is going on in Amazon. And, you know, we've all seen the graphs on LinkedIn and everything like that's when the CPCs are high, the conversion rates are high, people are buying in the morning on East Coast time. Should we be bidding up during that time period? Well, if I have enough data over a 90-day period to support it, then the answer might be yes. But right now, I feel like a lot of us have done a lot of looking at the data and saying, well, that's cool. We see how the trends all look. I mean, the graphs are starting to all look the same in a way, aren't they? It's like, yeah. okay, we know that it's expensive in the morning. We know that later in the day, the CPC is lower. We get it. We all get it. Uh, but what can we do about it? So um, that's my, that's my like current take on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I, cause I mean, even like <clears throat> if you try to aggregate it at the campaign level and you're like, okay, on Saturdays, my performance is way lower. Is that true for every single keyword in there that every keyword is lower or is it like some of the keywords that are lower and they mm -hmm. weigh it down? Maybe there's some keywords that are better on Saturdays. So yeah, I'm always asking myself those things. I think it'd be cool to have like a statistical significant filter that like things cross over and then all of a sudden, then you can start making those more day parting decisions. My third thing is quantifying Amazon SEO and Amazon PPC more. So when I look at like my own professional development and my own skills and my own knowledge, and I talk to a lot of people and I'm in a lot of accounts, I almost think that the way that everybody thinks about Amazon PPC relating to Amazon SEO can be developed further. Like, I feel like in most cases, it's like, hey, I want to rank more for this keyword. Let me bid more top of search percentage, uh, get more aggressive with it, you know, increase my orders on PPC. And I almost want to say like, what else can you do? Because uh, like PPC orders is one factor 
for Amazon SEO. And I feel like I want to flesh out that SOP and actually sort of like turn it into this combined Amazon PPC SEO task that like PPCers can do to try to push ranking even more, you know, so like, okay, you run the campaigns for the, for the keywords, for the ASIN to get it to rank higher. Absolutely. But then like, what else can a PPC or do? I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, if you push me, I would write down the answers. Uh, but I almost feel like I want to really flesh out that SOP and like turn it into almost like a PPC task kind of. Cause I, I mean, PPCers can do it. Do you think it's more of like a combined arms approach? Cause you're saying like, there's SEO and there's PPC and those two things are necessarily mated together. So it's like, if we're really getting serious about particular keyword X, does that mean we have to make this like necessarily, we have to make changes to elements of the listing itself in conjunction with the advertising push, respecting some kind of rules based on like, Oh, the conversion rate has to be really high. That's an open question. I don't know the answer to it, but I'm just putting it out there. Like, is that what that means? Cause if so, that means that, you're going to have to really coordinate with a client or you as a business owner are going to have to think carefully about pushing all those things at the same time. But then you introduce another thing, which is like, well, there there's so many variables that I changed, which one of them actually was the ones that led to the outcome that I wanted. Cause I did get there, but if I want to replicate this now, which ones do I do again? That's a hard question. Yeah. And that, and that's where sort of the resolution comes in. Like a sort of challenge to myself is sort of like, because, you know, in PPC, the le- I've spent so much time on PPC that, like, I know where the lever, I know what levers to pull on to try to influence performance in a particular way. Uh, and I feel like fleshing it out more in Amazon SEO to sort of extend that would also help me as a overall Amazon search marketer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's sort of how I'm thinking about it. My fourth one is to better quantify Google ads to Amazon listings. Work with, you know, several people doing Google ads to Amazon listings. And overall, I like it. It's almost like doing Amazon PPC for SEO purposes, where like you 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 know it helps in some way, and sometimes it's specifically difficult to pin down. And I feel like I want to do more quantifying of like fleshing out that report of what that looks like and piecing it together and trying to to get as close as we can. Maybe it's binary. Maybe it's just a simple binary. Like did running Google Ads boost organic ranking Mm -hmm. did run in google ads like yeah just sort of binary plus or plus or positive i'm sorry positive or negative and i feel like that can be done i just haven't done it yet i yeah i don't have too much to say about this one except that there might be tools out there to help help you with it or you might have to build something from scratch (laughs) they probably built something from scratch right yeah my next one is still relating to placement bid adjustments i think this one a lot of Amazon marketers, including myself, we all set, like all the all the good ones, set placement bid adjustments, where it's like you're looking at your top of search and you're looking at your product page performance for sponsored products. You're looking at, uh, you're, think, you're considering sponsored brands placement settings. You're like, you're considering all these things mm-hmm. and you do make changes. Like one report we, we have is like every single campaign and then every single placement adjustment. So you can just, and then like the placement performance. So like you can just see what the performance is, look at it. And if performance is really good, you double down, you increase it. And I want to get more mathematical about it. So like I spent a lot of time getting really mathematical about like a keyword bid, right? Like I've spent tons of time thinking of like bidding strategy for keywords. I've talked a lot about it and I feel like I want to get more mathematical 
and scientific about placement bid adjustments and like really just fleshing that out. Cause I, th- I feel like I intuitively know what to do, but I've never written it down and like shared it with people. And I think that would be a cool little challenge. Uh, I've made spreadsheets about it before. Like you punch in your data, it spits it out. Uh, and even then I feel like that could be renewed and rejuvenated. So yeah, I want to update that. Yeah, this it wasn't on my list, but I kind of echo the same sentiment actually. And I and I do wish if we're gonna insert anything about like a wish list for Amazon is like, what if we had the ability to bid down, not only up, oh, <laughs> because boy. we still have the ability only to go up. It only it only it only goes up, but there's no yeah. down. There's no down. Oh mode. boy, or placement settings per keyword. Right, instead of at the campaign level, right, which is still, we still have. Yeah, so there's yeah. some limitations there that may make that may make that tough still in 2023 unless some changes come along. Yeah, yeah. I've never articulated I've I've had several episodes of this podcast talking about placement settings, like how to set them and like build little calculators, mm-hmm. but I feel like I want to renew that because I think it's been like probably a year since I've actually looked at it and revitalized it for 2023. Yeah, I can see the blog post now. 2023 update. (laughs) Nothing has changed at Amazon, but our way of thinking about it has. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And my last one is more time networking in a moderated and facilitated group to like accelerate my own learning. You know, I do a lot of independent thinking. I talk to a lot of clients. I talk to a lot of friends. You know, you're included in that talking about Amazon advertising. And I feel like I want to go even harder with the sort of like, let's learn together. And I feel like, you know, you have Facebook groups, you've got social media, you know, I've been members of like professional groups before Mm -hmm. that were like moderated and structured. And it was, I got so much value out of it. So I'll probably throw a little, my own, throw our own party, uh, which is like, Hey, let's like have really high level structured conversations about Amazon PPC. Yeah. And I encourage the audience actually to think, in your own life, not only with Amazon, but other things, when you need advice about something or you're, you're wondering about something or you want to bounce ideas that you have off of someone whose opinion you respect and you know their work and you value it, um, you, you typically will go to them or go to a group where you have a setting with them. And it doesn't necessarily need to be a public forum. I mean, it, you know, there's great interactions that occur on social media, no doubt, uh, mm-hmm. but you probably will send someone like a message directly on your platform yeah. of choice and ask them, or there's a small group chat you have with like friends, or maybe you and a bunch of friends uh, talk about real estate or something. And you have a group yeah. chat with seven people. Like these are these kind of closed spaces. And um, I've heard some people call it like dark social Mike, where it's like Ooh. discord channels. Uh, yeah. yeah. Slack in the sense that it's social, but it's not open on the web. Yeah. Um, and that's because you have a very high noise to signal ratio, right? So it's all quality in there. There's not like a lot of just static. So I would encourage everyone to think think to those interactions that they have in their own life. Because I know when I think about that stuff, I'm like, oh, if I have a question about this, I'll ask this friend who has a marketing agency. If I have a question about this, I'll ask this guy who works yep. in an SEO company high up. If I have a PPC thing, I'll often come to Mike or select a few other people that I want to talk to at a high level. Um, or maybe it's something we talk about internally at Pathfinder too, because we have yep. our own little brainstorming session, as I sure every one of these like ad agencies does. So yeah, finding a space for that and and, and making an intentional uh, setting aside time to do it is, I think, something that I can also I can also get behind. I, I agree with that one, Mike. That's a good one. Alrighty, Brent. Let's turn the tables on you. Oh, uh, as you get into 2023, what are some things you want to refine about your own Amazon marketing processes? 
Sure. Uh, the first one here is actually really easy. Uh, it's because I have this like guilty feeling about it. So that usually Ooh. means that I need to pay attention to it. Yeah. yeah. Experiencing some guilt. This is not a therapy podcast, but I'm going to put it out there anyway. Uh, so search query performance report. Um, this is something that you've done a bunch of episodes about. Um, you know, just like this last week, we got the ability to hit the download button and actually like export it, which I know is a much requested and even, um, you know, hacked around in order to get the feature type thing, right? People were building Chrome extensions and using all these ways to pull it out of there. Um, I know that some people in the Pathfinder team are using this, but I myself feel like I am lagging. I, I yeah. do not have the know-how to jump into this as much as I would like. And I think it's actually one of the most exciting things because it starts to contextualize a larger uh, question for Amazon advertising, which is like, why are we doing this in the first place? And it's to understand how we can grow market share and improve uh, like this so-called share of voice idea. Um, and so those two things are kind of interconnected. We want to understand market movement. We want to understand what impact uh, ads are having like overall, because you know, running ads for performance marketing is great. Um, and then eventually, as we start to push more and more into what I would call like brand spend, which is a little bit harder to quantify, it is more like middle top of the funnel. This question of market share, which search query performance can help us solve, starts to become a little bit more interesting because it gives us some answers to that challenge, uh, if you will. So this is something that I want to harness uh, way more effectively at Pathfinder in my own understanding of the marketplace um, and, you know, be able to speak to better with clients and, and associates and, you know, people like yourself who probably know a good deal more about it. Uh, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm lagging behind in this area. Oh yeah. It was, I think it's one of my favorite, uh, if not the, my fa if not the favorite thing that we've got in 2022. So yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Um, how about your next one? Yeah, my next one's actually one of yours. <laughs> so the day parting and uh, budget al allocation. But you know, we talked about day parting. I won't dwell on that too much. The other thing that's maybe overlooked with um, AMS is uh, budget allocation. So it's also designed to be a tool that's giving you, if I'm if I'm understanding this correctly, you know, real time feedback on budget allocation. So we all experienced something a couple weeks ago, which was a total disaster of Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and Amazon's reporting basically like exploding, <laughs> uh, not really working at all, if you will, for a brief period of time. And the struggle with that was this, there is, um, you know, campaign budgets that you set and Amazon was still adhering to those, but the way that they were reporting it was they weren't reporting it at all, or it was just like static. You know, I've talked to a lot of people in our space, like who are, you know, agency owners or work high up at companies and they basically have all the same experience. Right. Um, so what is interesting about AMS is I thought that it was a solution to one of these problems, which is that, you know, things are going really well on Black Friday, Cyber Monday period, and you're checking out the campaigns, but we all know that the budget is not updated in like real time. Well, with AMS, part of the promise is it's push notifications through the API that will come to you in real time. And if you have software or you're integrating it yourself, you'll be able to actually use that and say, oh, wow, uh, this campaign you know, we don't know all the sales data yet because of course there's attribution should take, you know, 24, 48 hours, but we can tell that sales are doing very well today. We have a lightning deal on or a prime exclusive deal. Uh, we probably want to keep the budget going. So we just got a notification. We should get in there and increase it again. Um, and so I want to make sure that we are during these tent pole periods and times when traffic is really high on the platform are using this aspect of Amazon marketing stream properly. And we haven't, we haven't done that yet. So like not at all. So that's something I'm really kind of 
keen about. Yes. You know, a little note about Amazon Marketing Stream, because not a lot of people know this, there's still a data delay in Amazon Marketing Stream. Even I'm looking at the docs here, initial click data mm -hmm. is available within 12 hours of an ad click uh, and will be validated within 72 hours of the initial report. So it's definitely faster, but I do feel like it's not like the ultimate answer. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. I, and I don't know why, why it is that way, but like even Google ads, which has like been developing for much longer than Amazon ads, they still have their own sort of like, they want to be able to bake in some, you know, sort of like cover your butt type stuff where it's like, yeah, buffers where zone. the data gets inaccurate. And then they can say like, Hey, like officially we have 72 hour validation process. So like, don't pay too much attention to stuff in the most recent 72 hours, which is so tough as marketers. Cause it's like, yeah. Is it right or wrong? Yeah, like, well, when we're under the gun it? for something like Black Friday, you better believe yeah. some tense some tense situations arising there. <laughs> yeah, so I so honestly, yeah. like this is just something that everyone needs to work at work around. But yes, um, yeah, duly noted, duly noted. So maybe the real time dream will never will never be true, but we can we can move towards that perfect future. <laughs> we can move towards a more perfect uh, future. Yes. Yeah, exactly. um, so yes, but I, but I yeah, moving on to your next one. Yeah, sure. So um, this is kind of related to AMS, but it's AMC. So not to be confused with the movie theater uh, chain. Uh, that was a meme stock some years ago. But um, yeah, so Amazon Marketing Cloud, right? We yeah. uh, currently use this for three clients. Um, and I'm not going to go on a tangent about that. But what is so interesting about um, Amazon Marketing Cloud is we get so many interesting um, pieces of data that come out of it. I'll share one, for instance, I looked at just this morning. One of our clients for whom we run uh, a sizable amount of DSP spend, but also do, you know, sponsored brands, sponsored display, sponsored products, of course, their um, uh, customer lifetime value is higher through advertising than it is organically right? by, right. by a good bit, actually. Um, and their order number is also higher by like, uh, I think it was like about 20%, which is pretty sizable. Um, so that means that the ad customers are like more valuable, right? From an LTV mm -hmm. perspective. But the question that <laughs> I keep coming back to when I look at this data is, wow, that's so interesting. What can I actually do to make that better? <laughs> How can I like yeah. take this information, harness it and do something with it? So, um, you know, my, one of my, uh, you know, resolutions is to not only drill down further into the AMC data and try to incorporate it for our larger clients, which is the only ones it's really useful for, quite honestly. Um, but uh, actually, you know, push on those uh, points that are doing well and like continue to accelerate those towards the desired outcomes. Uh, because right now we have, we just have the information, but we don't know how to make those things uh, sing a little bit better. That is uh, that is a real challenge. I think that might take me a, lo a long time to figure out. <laughs> you know, there's a, I feel like there's a common theme in a lot of our resolutions here, which is like, this is something I do, but I want to like get better at it. And that sort of just involves building a more defined SOP about it, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So it's like you're, you're using Amazon Marketing Cloud, you get insight out of it, but like maybe you haven't had a time to build the actual SOP. And I feel like that's so true about our industry, right? Where it's like things move so quickly uh, that, you know, there's updates over here, there's updates over there, there's updates in the you know, in the console, there's updates in the API, there's updates in Amazon Marketing Cloud, there's updates to Amazon Marketing Stream, there's updates everywhere. Yeah. And then it's like, it takes time and diligence to like update the systems 
that you've been doing. So it's almost like, you know, I think of like not only adding to your systems, but also like what systems become irrelevant. Like maybe that's an episode two of just like what things do you not have to do anymore or like what things shouldn't you do anymore? Um, but yeah, so like a lot of these resolutions circle around like writing down and getting structured about what it is that we do, which again, which is why like being organized is so valuable of like, what is your, what is your task stack mm. when it comes to Amazon marketing uh, and Amazon PPC? Like what do you do over the course of a month or a quarter? Uh, and then like, have you written those things down? So you always remember at a good cadence. Right. Or even just mm -hmm. using checklists. I mean, I wouldn't put this on my resolutions, but one thing I've I've noticed that we've done a lot this year is started to just implement more checklists. Yeah, just, you know, checklists are used by pilots, doctors, nurses, like mm -hmm. everybody in the in the uh, non digital marketing world has been using checklists for hundreds of years. So, what a concept! Yeah, yeah why why are we not to use the same idea? And that's that's been very helpful. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to worry about forgetting something. It's not possible to forget it if you just check it off. So yeah. I had this concept internally of like, uh, if you're, if you don't, if you haven't written anything down, you're not managing PPC, you're just doing it, doing PPC. And in order to like really manage the process, you need a plan. And if you don't have anything written down, you have no plan. That's my hot take. That's good. I like that. You're, you're mm -hmm. shooting from the hip. <laughs> oh yeah. That's my hot yeah, take. Instead. Uh, so that's really cool. Amazon marketing cloud. I, I you know, we, we said we didn't want to make this into like a wish list for Amazon, <laughs> but I still get so bothered that the data is so siloed everywhere. Mm. Like, you know, what is Amazon marketing cloud? Why is it over there? Can't we just get it inside our normal account? Why do sellers and vendors have different tools available to just give us all the data in one? Yeah. Well, I, I could give you the Amazon PR answer if you want the answer to that particular question. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, why? So we can just erase it from the. Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> why is it? What is the official PR answer? Why the well, data is so siloed? Well, so there's this concept of like a data clean room, right? So what AMC is supposed to be is a uh, data clean room, and it's supposed to be it's it's um, you know event level, what they call event level data, like clicks and transactions, but it's not tied to any particular profile. Whereas what we're looking at in uh, exports and pr products that we, um, you know, pull out of uh, advertising console is like aggregate level data. There's no personal identifiable information in there. And the whole point of uh, AMC is to maintain that like data clean room. And that's why the accounts are also uh, segregated from each other. Like when we have AMC, we have one for each of our um, each of our client accounts. It's not like we have an AMC dashboard and we can see all clients and they're like together. No, there are their own siloed things that are very separate. So that's like Amazon's like privacy approach to it. That's probably what they would say. <laughs> yeah. They like saying event level data. I put you to sleep, Mike. I think you're, I think you're just like snoring over there. <laughs> I'm unsatisfied by the answer. <laughs> I didn't say it was my answer. It's Amazon's answer. <laughs> I'm unsatisfied. Okay. Uh, and tell me about your last resolution. Sure. Sure. So, this one I think is, it's not like as nerdy as the couple that we've given um, just, just here, but yeah, just building and having access to uh, dynamically updating dashboards. And a dashboard can mean so many different things. And by dynamically updating, I don't mean you have to hire a developer and pay them a bajillion dollars to connect to the API and do all this. You can have someone on your team doing the data pulling and data entry. You know, I think one thing, Mike, we talked about is like, you yourself don't, don't do the data entry, have someone on the team do it, make sure it's, you know, double check it so it's all valid occasionally. 
but you want to have the top level KPIs in some kind of dashboard or some sort of system where you can access them as the person on top of the business and say, uh, this is trending in the right direction. That's staying flat. This is going down. How can we go, um, you know, attend to that? And you want to be able to see those top line KPI movements at a glance. So having that in an agency is nice. We use various tools to do that. I'm sure many of the people who are sellers listening to this use a whole host of tools out there. There's dozens these days, right? to see profitability, to see how your ad spend is impacting profitability, um, you know how things are trending with, uh, let's say, um, margin, right? Super, super important margin. Uh, but if you have some aspects of the business that are maybe more fringe or maybe are newer features, which as we stated are coming out all the time, you might not have a dashboard built for those things yet. And so uh, that's something that I am committed to and interested in for next year. And I encourage everyone to think about it. Yeah, you know, sometimes, you know, you think of like data entry as um, a far, like you think it's part of the analysis of your company when really it's a, it, you know, you don't have to do the data entry, like somebody else can do the data entry. So yeah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. having reports prepared and you come in and you run your analysis and you list your thoughts and you use that to inform strategy. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So like doing more of that, right? Like. Yeah. Again, it's just like SOP, yeah. like who's going to fill out the form uh, and when that way you don't have to. Yeah. Like for instance, do you think people who are SVP level at Amazon itself are preparing the data that they themselves look at on their email or um, you know, famously they don't use PowerPoint decks at Amazon, but you know, mm -hmm. maybe they're sent uh, some kind of information or they log into some kind of internal analytics thing. They're not the ones preparing that data. Like someone else is doing that whose job is data engineer, data analyst, uh, yeah. And then they're the ones who are at the top of making some of those decisions. So I encourage you to think, you know, think in that manner, I guess. Uh, Brent, we've got a phenomenal list of resolutions that will make us better Amazon PPCers in 2023. Uh, and I'm sure there's many more things that we're going to learn, right? These are just some things that we want to evolve in, in mm -hmm. 2023. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm stoked. And thanks so much for being a great friend and going along this journey too over at AMZ Pathfinder. Um, yeah, likewise. Likewise. Do you, have been, any, do you have any personal resolutions? Ah, oh, he caught me. He caught me flat footed there. I think, I think one thing I can relate back to the Amazon world is I'm going to try to get myself more out there on um, content creation versus mm -hmm. content um, consumption. You know, I'm someone mm -hmm. who reads a lot of blogs. I read a lot of websites. I watch many videos, but I myself, I'm not someone who is making a lot of things. Uh, now you are someone who's a practiced you know, very, very well in this dark art with hundreds of episodes of this podcast. But for me, I am not accustomed to putting myself out there as much and, uh, you know, writing these great LinkedIn posts like we all, a lot of our friends do and having a presence on social media and stuff. I'm going to try to do more of that in 2023. I think it's probably good for um, you know, Pathfinder, but also like sharpening that um, axe as a skill. Yeah. You know, it's not something that I am very accustomed to doing or comfortable with. So time to push myself out there a little bit and um, yeah, take a risk and try something uncomfortable. Love to see it. Yeah. Well, we'll all be tuning in and cheering on. I hope so. I hope it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, well, Brent from AMZ Pathfinder, thank you so much for coming on the show as always. Thanks Mike. Uh, and everyone else, I'll see you next week here in the PVC Den.